Mike one, Mike one, isn't this a lot of fun? Two, 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 two. Did you, America? Welcome to another edition of Did You America? He's Jeremy Hoffman. I'm Ian Camfield. This is season two, episode one. Do we start a new season in the new year? I feel like that's that's kind of what we did last year. Is it? Have we done season two for a whole year? Yeah, I think so. I think we started it in January. Because oh. I've wanted to start season three multiple times. You've always been like, no, no, let's wait, let's wait. Because I'm tired of counting. <laughs> We've made it very clear I'm not good at it. No, absolutely. I just uh, saw a, a message came up on my phone um, that, uh, you know, Frankie Valley from the Four Seasons. I do. What did he do in The Sopranos? He was in The Sopranos, I think right? he was one of, like, for one season, he was one of the mob bosses or something like that. He was in the crew for a season, Yeah, I think. just a season, because then The Sopranos, about 25 years ago, said, Frankie Valley, you're too old to be in the crew. But somehow, he still sings The Four Seasons and hits the high notes, even though he's about 182. Wait, he's alive? Well, here's the thing, and I feel a little bit hesitant to even discuss this. The, 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 the thing I just saw on my social media was that uh, Frankie Valley rescheduled some shows because of COVID oh, and they no. were meant to be happening in January and now he's just announced that he's rescheduled the rescheduled shows uh, because he's not got COVID but he does have some sort of breathing problems but again it's because he's 182. I bring this up because I'd like to say that Frankie Valley is one of the few really old artists I've been to see in the last few years and not killed because you, you know <laughs> well. generally when I go see an artist uh, they either end up dead shortly afterwards Walter Becker from Steely Dan or end up not being able to play anymore because they've got a terrible illness hello Neil Diamond I mean hello <laughs> I'm it's just, me I'm hello just, that's a Neil Diamond joke you know that song I'm just trying to wonder it's the now one he did with the Jew. you must know a whole Neil Diamond catalogue he's a Jew right you would think so but for some reason I'm not a big Neil Diamond oh, fan oh how dare you <laughs> well I was kind of hoping you would have killed him by now are you telling me like oh, on the boats and on the planes <laughs> they're coming to America that's the most that's the most Jewish thing since who was the other comedian you didn't know that was uh, like the call me an American I, I'm a sweet Caroline type of guy myself. Still, he's one of the most successful Jewish artists of all time. And this is coming from the person who I once mentioned someone random to. And you said, oh, he's a Jew and suddenly showed interest. But Neil Diamond, you're like, oh, no, I don't care if he's got Parkinson's. It's all right. I'm not interested. More of a Michael Diamond guy. <laughs> I'm just now wondering, though, like... When can I call my bookie to update my uh, dead celebrity well, list? Well, the Frankie Valley yeah. also. I don't know. I will say this about Frankie Valley. I saw him about uh, four or five years ago. And he's, I mean, he's old, old. I mean, I think he was a, a, well into his 80s when I saw him, which I said was probably about four years ago. And, you know, when you're in your 80s and you're still performing, getting on for four years past that is uh, is is quite something. Yeah, he's 87. Right, he's 87. When I saw him do a show, it was a, a performance that was in the round, right? And it was amazing because the, it, the, there was like a ramp leading up to the circular stage, right? Well, he's not taking stairs they did the introduction and please welcome frankie valley 
And I was like, could someone get him some wheelchair access to go up the <laughs> ramp? Because, But this is the most amazing thing. That was the hardest part of the show for him, getting up the ramp. Once he was actually on the stage, he opened his mouth and those high notes were coming out. And it was like he was barely making any effort. And he had like backing singers that were doing a lot, but he was still in the center of the mix and the vocals. And all that four season stuff was, was like, when they did the theme from Greece. I thought he wasn't going to be able to keep up at one point. Like there were a lot of words coming out, right. but uh, but still, it's very very impressive. So this is a very long winded way of going. I hope Frankie Valli is gets over this uh, breathing problem he's got and keeps going. Look, not everyone has a Lady Gaga to carry them around the stage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a Tony Bennett joke. I got the joke. I was making sure they get the joke. <laughs> I got the joke. We're I, doing this for people. I understand that. Yes. Um, so uh, I, th- what was my other Neil Diamond point? I can't. I'm still quite disgusted that you're not so into Neil Diamond. I mean, I, I can I can get into him if you. Oh, I love Neil Diamond. He is my favorite. You know, when I get my American citizenship, we're hiring a Neil Diamond impersonator to sing "We're Coming to America." <laughs> I mean, I wanted the real thing, right? But I've said, you know, he, he retired a little bit too soon. So I- why can't we get like a, let's do a James Brown one instead? I like that version of what living, living in, America? in America, right? Mm. Well, you're already doing that. Why don't we get? A- let's get one right now well i mean i can go down the street i'm sure there's one of these homeless guys who think they're james brown why don't we get a um we'll get a uh james brown impersonator and neil diamond impersonator and then just to keep it like 2021 we'll get a bruce springsteen impersonator through born in the usa and then i'll go no 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 no, no. that was not the intention of this song but i cancel him i'd like to cancel someone from remember my- that time you got drunk in that hummer <laughs> no you can't be on this set <laughs> So um, I got to tell you this story. I I went to a gig yesterday. I went to an event called Unsilent Night at um, Southside Ballroom. And uh, I had uh, two very different uh, experiences with Lyft drivers going in and out of the the venue. The first Lyft driver I had um, recognized my voice from being on the radio. Well, it was kind of funny because we were talking about the artists that were playing at Unsilent Night, having a conversation about Kenny Hoopla and uh, Sleeping With Sirens. And the guy who's driving the lift says to me, do you listen to Alt 1037? Because you sound just like Canfield. And I said, really? <laughs> and he goes, uh, yeah. I mean, not just the, I'm not just saying it because you've got the same accent. The way he says stuff, you're, you're talking like that. So... You should have been like, you racist. All English people don't sound the same. Well, this then brings me to my point about the average American's assumption about a British person. Because uh, when I told him that I was Ian Canfield off the radio, he goes, oh, wow, I didn't expect you to look like that. And I said, well, what were you expecting? And he said... John Oliver? <laughs> well, again, this is what we assume all British people look like. He's the only one we know. I said, so a pickle with glasses? <laughs> was that, was, that was what you were, that was kind of what you were expecting to like this? Just... Also, like, I mean, he could find a picture of you. If he was that big of a fan, you would think he would at least have seen, like, on social media or something at this point. I don't necessarily think that that's the case. I'm just kind of intrigued that John Oliver is now... I mean, I don't know. I mean, who would have been the previous go-to for for Americans to assume that all Brits are like... Because I feel like when I first started coming to America 20 years ago as a a visitor, and then I decided I wanted to live here because it was the greatest country on earth, at that point, and this is like the early 2000s, Americans were still obsessed with the royal family 
family and the relatively recent death of Princess Diana. And at that point, I would literally, then it was cab drivers that would say to me, did you know Princess Diana? I mean, like, literally, (laughs) and I I used to be, is this a serious question? No, I mean, no, 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 because you're from England, right? Did you know Princess Diana? So I think from... In the 20 years, maybe America has come along a little bit in its in its assessment of British people in so much as we've moved on from, oh, you're from England. Did you know Princess Diana too? Oh, I just assumed you look like John Oliver because he's the only <laughs> British person that I know. Yeah, I just, I feel like they, I, I lost my train of thought. Never mind. Yeah, it's gone. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so... My journey back in the lift was a very different experience, right? I get in the lift with um, this this amazing car turns up. I don't know what car it was, but it wasn't the kind of car that I expected to be a, a, a lift car. Those are always the best when you get someone who's like kind of wealthy and doing this because they're bored. So they want to drive people around and they're, oh, it's not bad. Well, like I had a Tesla once that had like the doors that like go up like futuristic style. Well, see, now this is where I have, I'm, this is why I wanted to discuss this because I have a whole level of intrigue as to why this guy was driving Lyft because I definitely don't think it was because he was bored and he liked doing it because he seemed like he'd rather be doing anything other than driving Lyft. And when you can afford a car that's that good, I'm, 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 I'm just, very intrigued like by this it. is like last resort like he got laid off this is what he needs to do maybe i have no idea but he picks me up and um he's so he's european and now i i want to say he sounded russian oh who's the european racist now Sometimes it's difficult to tell. Have you seen the clips of Lady Gaga in that Gucci movie? Sometimes, like Italians <laughs> and Russians, I don't know. Like, and I, de- I, and, I think you're French sometimes. And I think, <laughs> I think you know, um, if I'm in America and I say to him, "Are you Russian?" That makes me sound racist. Oh, like, of course, I'm gonna, like, yeah. Because if, if he was Russian, he would think that I was immediately going to make a whole load of judgments on him. And hey, I don't what, know, you work for the Kremlin, huh? I don't know. I, by the way, I, I haven't seen the Gucci movie because it's just for gays. I don't like it. I, I, and and, and, and uh, yes, I am a gay, but I'm not like... You're not that kind. Not that gay. <laughs> like, I don't, like, I don't, I've seen it seven times. Well, that's because you're so much gayer than me. But it, like that, I've seen the clips of it. And to be honest, I support Lady Gaga. The um, people that said that she's supposed to be Italian, but she sounds more Russian. They're the same people that had a go at her for saying that she was fat when she played the halftime show at the Super right. Bowl. It's the same people that were stuffing like the 20th chicken wing in their mouth at that point. Going, <laughs> oh, no, she's fat and she's fucking fat. Fat bitch. Right? No. The fat Russian bitch. <laughs> so, but I've seen, but, but I've, I've seen the reports and I've, 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 uh, I've, I've seen the clips, but I, uh, I've, I haven't watched the Gucci movie because it is, that is the movie version of Kathy Griffin, just for gays. Kathy Griffin, also just for gays. <laughs> yeah. Well, also like, what's up with this, this run of making these like movies and TV shows about designers who have been murdered. Why did so many designers have been murdered? There was also the FX series about, ah, who was the other in Miami that got murdered? Oh, um, Versace. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Why are all these designers well, getting murdered? It's 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 just the that's the pandemic. It, <laughs> it's the it's the it's the trend at the moment. Remember when the trend was to do shows about Fox News, like Roger Ailes right, was suddenly right. the star of everything. <laughs> um, and then um, and then and now it's about murdered fashion people. Look out, Tom Ford. So uh, yeah. So anyway, no, I've not watched that because it's just for gays. Um, that's what it's called, right? Yeah, just for gays. Yeah, just Starring for gays. Lady in, in brackets, Gucci. <laughs> Gay- 
Gray's Gucci and Gaga. That's what it should be called. I, uh, I really shouldn't even talk about it. I'm literally wearing Gucci shoes right now. Of course you are. <laughs> That's how basic I am. <laughs> Where was I going with this? Oh, yes. I the know, Uber right, driver. Right, right. So, I think, so I think he was Russian, but it's difficult to tell. Lady Gaga will tell you. Um, <laughs> he was you, definitely Italian. You may also know if you're gay and you've seen the movie. He's a me. Welcome to my Uber car. No, trust me, he was nowhere near that friendly. So I get in this so this car turns up and the and I get in the back of the car and he's like the back seat's heated. Oh. Uh, right, I know. Luxury. And I'm um and I'm looking at the it's tinted windows. Nice. Like and uh, I'm looking at the the sort of the the interior. There is a control panel on the back seat that is more complicated than any Tesla dashboard I've actually seen. Oh, wow. Right? Yeah. Like that's, you could, like, d- 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 these things at the back. Uh, it, it looked like the kind of car that a really rich drug dealer would drive as a double bluff because no cop would bust a drug dealer driving a car that looks so much like a drug dealer's car. Does that make sense? <laughs> Absolutely. There was one that I used to have a all black Chrysler 300 right. with tinted windows and it absolutely looked like a drug dealer car. And there are multiple times because of that, I got pulled over and when the cop came up to my window and saw it was me in the car, they literally said, never mind. <laughs> so I get it. Some cars just kind of are t- targeted like that so yeah i mean this is the the you know the most futuristic car i've been in that doesn't drive itself although i don't know this control panel at the back that might well have been like if you want to sit in the back and have the car drive autonomously maybe that's what it was that's what it was for you're basically the closest you'll ever get to sitting inside kit Apart from when they do the the Knight Rider reboot that I'm working on, and I give myself a cameo. True, true. Okay. If you're listening, Netflix, Hasselhoff <laughs> isn't seventy yet. We've got two more years. Let's do it. I um, can play a car. <laughs> so just uh, imagine me on all fours, you on my back. I hit it, Kit. I think this might be the uh, the uh, gay erotic version of Knight Rider. <laughs> the, see again, you're you're the gay one. You just you just. Why is he wearing a saddle? <laughs> I'm riding you as if you're kids. It's just an idea. This is why when I'm the, an idea man. when Jeremy says oh, I lost my train of thought, this is where his right. mind goes this to. Is where the thoughts go. and, and when he lost his train of thought before, I guarantee you he was thinking of something and thought, no, I'm not gonna say that, it's a bridge too far. But sometimes <laughs> kids just don't smoke weed. It's horrible for you. So I'm in the car, right? And um and I'm like, you know, uh, I'm enjoying the the heated seating, and I'm and I'm admiring my own surroundings. At which point, the lift driver, possibly Russian, maybe not, started uh, complaining about the state of the roads in this area. Now, for those people that are unfamiliar, Southside Ballroom, where the, the the gig was that I went to last night, is in a you know a pretty rough part of uh, of, of Dallas. It's not the it's not the nicest of areas. Some may say it's in the ghetto, in the ghetto. Just a little bit. So, uh, you know, there's potholes and everything that haven't been fixed. And he starts got fucking roads like in his possibly Russian accent, like <laughs> right, 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 moaning about this. And then, and, then, and at this point, I'm now thinking, what this car is worth a fortune. He's clearly concerned that he's driving the car over roads that are going to potentially damage the car and doesn't want to be out doing this. I get that some people drive Lyft to supplement their income. They might have decent jobs. But you need to have 
a really, really good job to drive whatever this futuristic car is. And yet you're doing lift on the side, which you're clearly not enjoying. Yeah, I mean, why would he worry about what's going to happen cosmetically to the outside of the car? If he's driving lift, he should be worried about pu- people puking inside the car. See, none of this makes any sense. And then, right, um, you do have to go through a uh, uh, an area that has uh, quite a high homeless population between right. the Southside Ballroom and where I live. At which point this lift driver starts telling me off for living where I live. Right now, <laughs> admittedly, they're, they're making you scared about going home. Like, I just go with you. <laughs> literally, uh, now there is a, one stretch of road where there are a lot of homeless people out. It's like late at night. I mean, it's a bit like The Walking Dead out there. Like they got their their their, their shopping carts and stuff. Right, this guy, possibly Russian, starts going. <laughs> Oh my God, we're in the ghetto. You live here? Right? <laughs> and I went, uh, and he goes, it says one mile to you. You do live here. And he starts saying to me, you gotta get out of here. We're in the ghetto. <laughs> Right, and then, and then, as, as if, as if he was g- giving me a review of the surroundings, like I couldn't see. Right, every like time, every, 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 every time we came up to a stop sign or a stoplight, he stopped there. Like the light would go green, and he was just still surveying the area, going. Look at this! Look at this! Look at this! <laughs> this is this is your luck. You had two Uber drivers on one night. One was such a bad Uber driver that he didn't see your name plastered all over his <laughs> app and didn't know who you were. The second one is clearly a real estate a- agent in disguise, and that's how he has this nice car. He's trying to put you in a mansion. I uh, I I don't know, but I I, I and I, you know I I've had friends that have driven Lyft. You know, people that get laid off, so that it's a it's a good uh, means to an end. When, when you need it. I know people that do freelance work, so they pick up work and earn money, decent money when, when they can, and the, the rest of the time, you know, it's one of these jobs where if you work at it, you can earn decent money, it can su- supplement your income, it can get you through hard times and stuff like that. There was nothing about this guy's personality and certainly nothing about his car that suggested a he should have been driving Lyft and b he needed to because if you can afford this car and you are so reluctant to drive it down roads where there are potholes and pass some homeless people you like you shouldn't be doing this and i was just thinking like what what is this a front for? What kind of <laughs> what? And because I think he was Russian again, call me racist. Right. But I'm like, what kind of Russian conspiracy have I stumbled upon? He's clearly trying to city manage the next area for gentrification. Because I've told you multiple times, the number one sign of a city being gentrified is they start fixing all those potholes. So he's like, you know, Dallas. I mean, so some of the most ghetto areas out. You know, you hear about Oak Cliff all the time. Mm. Now it's a beautiful artsy place. He's probably driving through like, oh my god, this guy took me to the one ghetto area remaining Look, in Dallas. I'm, I'm aware that they, you know, the, the 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 gentrification generally starts with they start knocking down old buildings and putting up new high end apartment buildings. So you know, a bit like here, yeah, there's a lot of homeless people on one corner, and then there's a, a, a very nice apartment <laughs> it, building. It's right. like they did that with this apartment, but they gave up. They're like, let's go do another neighborhood. <laughs> But you got like a nice building of apartments on one corner and then I like homeless on another. I, I, and, and gradually 
more and more nice buildings go up. I understand that is the basis of gentrification. I was not aware that gentrification at its most root level begins with driving a supercar around the neighborhood <laughs> to attract attention. So people go, oh, did you see that car driving through the homeless district? Maybe we should move here. Well, yeah, welcome to America. That's how we fix the city. We send Russians around to tell us our problems. <laughs> I don't know that he was Russian. He could have been Lady, Gar- Italian. Lady Gaga Italian. <laughs> it's me, your Uber driver. <laughs> I said, uh, "Are you uh, Russian or Italian? Have you have you have you seen the Gucci movies?" Said, Sir, I'm Guatemalan. He said, "I'm not gay." <laughs> um, all right, that'll do for part one. More coming up in part two. Hang around. All right, let's do a part two of Did You America? Jeremy Hoffman sitting over there, Ian Canfield uh, sitting over here. Season two, episode. We have no idea. Almost season three, episode one. Did we start? I feel like we haven't done season two for a year. Yeah, we do. You know what? Why are you asking me? You know I get what? the number wrong every episode. I think we started season two when we'd been doing the podcast for a year, which was October. So that means that we've been in season two no, for, no, 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 yeah, no. for You're two putting, months. October, You've we've only been doing it for one year. We didn't just start season two four months ago. Yeah, I think we did. No, we've been doing season two for since January for sure. Because season one was October to December. This is this is pointless. You're so stoned. You don't you don't know January from October. <laughs> this is true. You're on Keith Richards' time. See, this is why we need New York producer to produce and do these things for us. He's supposed <laughs> well, to, count. to keep count. Yes. <laughs> Yes! Why do you think we hired him? <laughs> yeah. By the way, Keith Richards, yesterday, 78. How the fuck did that happen? You, how have you not killed him yet? You've talked about the Rolling Stones plenty. I've seen them loads as well. <laughs> I mean, he literally is uh, is going to live forever. He might be God. He is... Uh, it, I, it, just, um, it was just amazing. I was seeing all of these posts. Also... So many of the posts came with pictures of Keith Richards looking like he was about to die four, <laughs> forty years in, ago. In his defense, he's never not looked like he was about to die. From about nineteen sixty nine, right? Yeah, and, like he started when people the, were then like, "Oh God, he's about to go." Right? This is so sad. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was on the like the most likely to die list for at least twenty years. I've in lost a, row. a mo- lot of money on him in death pools. <laughs> no, and he's got that famous quote about like five different doctors told him he'd be dead by the end of the year and he's outlived all of them quite impressive it is impressive so yeah happy uh, belated birthday uh, Keith Richards 78 yesterday let's hope this doesn't kill you um, so uh, here's a new thing you remember a couple of podcasts ago um, I'd said that I'd turned down the opportunity to be um, the Ghislaine Maxwell court case correspondent for Great Britain News. Right. Probably one of the worst career decisions you've ever made. GB News, a 24-7, imagine them as like the UK's version of Fox News, if you like, uh, TV uh, broadcasting service, uh, contacted me uh, from out of nowhere the week before Ghislaine Maxwell was going to be in court and said, uh, would I, A, was I closely following the case? And B, (laughs) would I like to be their correspondent? And I do things for UK media every so often. And, you know, sometimes I do do political stuff, but it tends to be, purely opinion and in and in most cases it'll be I just do it almost for the sporting aspect of it because they deliberately put me on with really left wing journalists on UK news radio. So we'll run through some headlines and then 
I'll give them a Sean Hannity opinion that even I don't agree with <laughs> just just to argue with them, so right? So basically all the stuff you've learned being in America about our passion of being an internet troll, you are now taking to this England news that, service. That, yeah, 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 exactly. And, and you know, that that's that's fun to do because they'll, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll start the news piece with, uh, you know, coronavirus, blah, 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 blah. And I'll go, yes, but have you heard about the war on Christmas? You know? So anyway. Yeah. Baseball is no longer America's passion. <laughs> Time. Trolling is absolutely our pastime. So, uh, apparently, based on that, they thought that I was uh, qualified to uh, a monitor a court case, b understand all the legal implications, and c be do like proper high level journalism of updating people about the the the, the Ghislaine, uh, Maxwell court case. Well, clearly, they've heard our conspiracies and thought these guys know something. I don't think that they were uh, anticipating that they were going to get a lot of killery jokes. <laughs> during it right anyway that was a couple of weeks ago and i think i was very adult and made the right decision by saying uh, thanks but no thanks so this is what this is what my new offer is someone from the same company messages me earlier on today and says hey do you want to do a bit with us tomorrow about what a shit movie love actually is <laughs> Oh my. I'm like, in two right. weeks, you- I've gone from Ghislaine Maxwell legal correspondent to, right. can you do a bit talking about Love Actually is Actually Garbage? I'm now so intrigued by this new service. How are those things equal? Well, you know, it, it, it's Christmas week. It's a slow right. news week, right? You, know what? you made the right call, dropping, not accepting the Ghislaine. This, this is the job you were made for. You have discussed multiple times, I think before even on this podcast, that Love Actually is in fact a horrible movie. Yeah, what? Well, I don't understand is these people that do the is Die Hard a Christmas movie debate it's ridiculous obviously Die Hard is a Christmas movie clearly Die Hard 2 is the superior Die Hard movie because it's the same as Die Hard 1 except for the fact that it's got more Christmas references in it and it's the same story but with 10 times the budget that therefore makes it better if you disagree with me I will fight you right right so you don't even want to go into Die Hard? No, no. This is the guy who says Never Say Never Again is the best Bond movie. I'm staying out absolutely. of this one. Absolutely. Die Hard 2 is the Never Say Never Again of the Die Hard <laughs> franchise, therefore making it the best movie. And much like Never Say Never Again was a remake of Thunderball, Die Hard 2 is basically a remake of Die Hard, but with more budget. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> End of statement. Also, all of the guest stars in it are people that were in every 80s action TV show. Every time I watch Die Hard 2, I'm like, hey, he was from the A-Team. Hey, he was in Hunter. Like, I love it. So, the, 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 but what people should be debating when they do these fucking things on, on lesser radio shows and podcasts, not the Die Hard debate. That is redundant. I'm not interested in it whatsoever. What people should actually be talking about is is the fact that Love Actually is a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> that will be how I'm starting my right, appearance right. on I'm GB sure News tomorrow. This. They go like, so uh, we'd like to bring in our, our uh, Christmas movies expert. I'm gonna, Fuck this movie! <laughs> I'm going to have like one of the gay Hallmark movies in the background as my screensaver, right? I'm going to have the... Uh, when they... When they um, when they throw to me in the background on my screensaver, it's going to be two guys kissing from one of the like the new gay horror. And they'll be like, "What's that?" I'll be like, "Do you know the Hallmark's gone gay?" Right. <laughs> love is love. Does this not happen in England yet? Love is love. Christmas is Christmas. Right. That's the uh, new motto. It's uh, Jesus is fine with it. Um, Do you know what this movie is missing? Gay love. Those two gays kissing. They're celebrating Jesus's birthday. <laughs> anyway, love actually is a fucking piece of shit. 
I might edit myself slightly. I, I, <laughs> See, think- I think that's what they're looking for. Again, you're assuming that they're taking like your old media, you know, resume and thinking like, oh, okay, like he's reputable. Maybe he can just be interesting <laughs> on this. Clearly, they know you are a hothead when it comes to this movie. They even pitched it to you like, hey, come in and tell us how much this movie sucks. I think you need to go in guns blazing. I already have my Jisling Maxwell costume ready for how we're going to troll them. We're, I'm, I'm bringing this back. Well, <laughs> how about this? I'll do my quick um, uh, account of the fact that, that Love Actually is a bunch of half-assed storylines. None of them are particularly interesting. People are a hundred percent incorrect when they say that the greatest thing about the movie is that all of the separate storylines converge at the end all that happens at the end is that most of the characters happen to be arriving at the airport at the same time that does not give the movie some sort of profound conclusion and the fact that you've got Liam Neeson and Alan Rickman in the same movie you managed to put Hans Gruber from Die Hard the second best die hard and the bloke from taken in the same movie and it's still shit that shows you how shit it is they didn't kill one person and then uh what what we could do is at that point they'll be like oh and then you just come into frame right and you're dressed up as just like of course and they'll be (laughs) what's that and i'll say oh this is my drag just like maxwell do you want to talk about the court case now I'm ready to talk about the Gorgas. I'm very well versed. <laughs> or you pitch it as saying like, you know, this is what I think would be a better version of Lug Baxley. And then I act out a scene as just like Maxwell. Because clearly what that movie needs is a little bit of fire and intrigue. Right. And not as much, you know, say so you know love. what You know what Love actually could have done with some pedophilia? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm not pro pedophilia. I'm not pro Love actually. But would you not say that that would make that movie significantly better? <laughs> if they just had a random plot line, I was like, oh, Christmas, Love, this guy's a pedophile, back to this couple. Like, I would watch that. I don't know. The, I mean, the ages at which people were having sex back in those days, so like when <laughs> when the Christmas story was happening. I right. mean, look at Romeo and Juliet, 15. <laughs> know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I, I... mean... <laughs> Again, these are all reasons they need to put you on TV tomorrow. This is exactly what they're looking for. <laughs> Why? What, you think they're going to take down the BBC by being a lame news network? No, they're trying to go guns blazing Newsmax style. You compare them to Fox News. I haven't even heard a single thing from this network. I can tell you, they're nothing like Fox no, News. I, the, they t- are Newsmax. No, I don't even think they're that. What's the one that's the budget Newsmax? Um, oh, God. Uh... Uh, a- A-O-A-O-A-N? O-A-N. They are the OAN of the UK because the, uh, the, the, they've been on for about a year and I, all, of the, the, all of the press that they got. So basically, I forget, it's some, some, some very rich people backed the, the project and launched it, right? So it had a load of money and they, they took a few key people from the BBC and other places. So it was a big, like, oh, we've got a new 24-7 news network starting and they've hired, like, A, B, C, and D, big names. Right. And then it came on air, and I think just technically it's atrocious. Like, it's some of the worst produced TV that you can possibly imagine. So they said, get the British conspiracy guy. Well, I think, here's the thing. They did have a run of, like, just constant other news networks were doing a, have you seen how bad GB news is? And it wasn't even so much what they were saying. It was just, like... 
how embarrassing it, it, it looked. Right. Those stories have kind of died down now. But I mean, I probably could get us back in the the UK press with this story about like how we went from Love Actually to a drag Ghislaine Maxwell to my uh, Hillary killed her. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. I uh, I saw a headline just before that was uh, it was talking about how I think it was saying the BBC, but some British network has had to shut down like a bunch of things because the Omicron variant or whatever. This is clearly the only reason they've contacted you. There is no one else to go on air. So they're like, ah. Give it to Ian. He can talk about how much he hates Love Actually for 30 minutes. We gotta fill space. Yeah, we've got like, everyone is off with the Omicron variant because COVID is so rampant in London at the moment. Well, we could call Ian Canfield. Well, he's already said no to Ghislaine Maxwell. What would he want to talk about? Love Actually? Apparently he hates that movie. They're (laughs) like, okay, we've got got three options. Columbo, Die Hard 2 is best, or Love Actually. And they go, well, Columbo's not Christmas. Was there a Columbo Christmas episode? No. Okay, the Even we're bored of Die Hard and we're the worst news network in the UK. What about he talks about how much he hates love, actually? Just whatever you do, do not bring up Never Say Never Again. (laughs) We do not have three hours. It's gonna be you and the my pillow guy just going back and forth. He's gonna be like, I hate this movie too. It's not a Christmas movie. I will tell you one other thing that I might bring up if I do do this thing on um GB News tomorrow um, about the fact that this is a story from the States that Kraft are now paying you $20 not to make cheesecake this Christmas because there is a big cream cheese shortage. I don't know in uh, Dallas, I don't know if this is the case for other parts of the States, but certainly around the great state of Texas, when you go to the gas pumps now, a lot of people have put stickers of uh, President Biden, right? right, (laughs) With him pointing to the price of gas, which is of course very expensive and it's just him and it says I did that (laughs) I don't know if there's an empty uh, cream cheese shelf in the local grocery store we've now got stickers of Biden saying I did that (laughs) but uh, but see I I think it would be funnier if they just put a picture of Trump like belly out like pointing like I I ate all the cream cheese <laughs> so uh apparently it's got so bad that Kraft are paying people to not make cheesecake this Christmas because it's a popular dessert because there's a a cream cheese shortage and this is something that I don't often do but I'm going to suggest to the people of America that there is one thing that I actually think is superior in the UK that the UK gets better than than the US Um, and that is when it comes to Christmas desserts and I'm going to say this I have no idea how to make this particular dessert but you can Google it there is a thing in England called Christmas pudding right and it's it's like, you know what I mean if I say fruitcake? Yeah. It's got that kind of texture and taste, but it is somewhere between cake and pudding, right? All right. That kind of thing. It's laced with every kind of sugary syrup that's bad for you, but oh, so tasty. I'm but intrigued. Th- this is the best bit. The traditional way to make a Christmas pudding, right, as in to cook it, is to set it on fire, okay, rather than put it in the oven, and you would you like flambe it or whatever. You achieve the pyro. Let's call it that, because you put so much booze in the Christmas pudding, it's so flammable. Okay, now I'm sold. 
Um, uh, the the texture okay fruit i feel you know i've actually never had a uh, christmas fruit cake i've only ever heard it like discussed as a joke in like tv and movies and they make it seem like it tastes gross mm -hmm. so you you always telling me that you know england has this version of it that's incredible uh, well, i've always i've always been a little bit weary of they put that well the the english version of the christmas cake the fruit cake is is icing i've actually i i drove 45 minutes and paid 50 dollars for a cake a small cake uh last week from one of the british stores here in dallas because i saw some i called them imposter fruit cakes there were some other stores <laughs> that were selling um cake masquerading as christmas cake fake cake fake cake never mind fake news <laughs> fake cake and it and the reason it was fake was because they had the, the christmas cake um oh god i just got an alert from fox news that said queen elizabeth i thought oh my god she's dead it's well, all right we, no we queen, did it queen elizabeth cancels royal christmas oh it's all right it's okay to be honest if i was there i wouldn't be around that something. fucking family i mean jesus <laughs> christ she's like she's like oh my god you dysfunctional motherfuckers i've got to deal with that fucking suits woman you, you know why she canceled it she doesn't want to watch love actually this year <laughs> now you got something to discuss on your show but here's here's the thing. The Christmas cake, I get I, it. What about if I go on GB News and I go, oh, you know, I heard, by the way, even from uh, the great state of Texas, we were seeing the news that uh, the Queen's cancelled Christmas. That's obviously because she's too busy trying to kill Jis Lane. <laughs> you know, because the Prince Andrew connection. Well, also, there's all these stories that like, oh, the Queen has been told she can't drink anymore. Clearly, she's already boozed up from her other, the, the booze-filled cake. She's like, Christmas is the, over. The Christmas cake. The red-headed one isn't even here. Wait, I... I, if I get as far as uh, throwing out that allegation that the Queen's cancelled Christmas because uh, she's too busy trying to kill Ghislaine and they still they don't cut the connection to GB News, I'll be like, wow, you really are hard up for content this week, aren't you? <laughs> like, anyway, back to Next Love Next thing actually. you know, she's going to be putting a Jewish star on her, on her holiday Starbucks cup. <laughs> Listen, I don't know that you now have the right to keep taking it back to Jewish things when you told me you don't like Neil Diamond. I, that's a, I, that, <laughs> my Jew card got stolen. Yeah, I mean, like... Uh, the Jew card if, can't if, be stolen, if, if, my friend. If Larry David was here and he heard you say things like that, he'd have a stern <laughs> word with you. Um, so, um, uh, the booze cake. Yeah, right. Well, no. So, before the, but so the, the Christmas cake, fake cake. Uh, so, a Christmas cake in England is uh, you've got to have uh, icing. And do you know what marzipan is? Oh yeah, yeah. Right, right. So that goes underneath the icing, but they were selling it in this in this regular store, like a rectangular block of the cake with just the icing and the marzipan on the top. Fuck off! That, that ain't Christmas. Cake. That ain't Christmas. <laughs> what a Christmas cake is is circular because you need to have icing and marzipan not on the top but also down the side. So when you cut the slices of cake, you're getting icing at the top and the side. That is the appropriate amount of icing that Jesus would have wanted you to have <laughs> on his birthday, right? <laughs> Right? Not right. just icing across the top. So, I. Blasphemy. So, right. So, I drove 40 minutes and paid $50 for a specific. Because I, I saw them put a picture on their social media that the British store that's here in Dallas. And I, t and I messaged them and I said, You might think this is a strange question, but that icing, because I couldn't tell from the picture. Does it go down the side of the circular cake? Because you've got you've got <laughs> the you, you've got the shape right, but I need to. And they went, 
Yes. Why is this important? And I said, of course it's important. That's the amount of icing Jesus would have wanted the Christmas cakes to have. So I, so I would pay You already f- know they're like, hey, that insane British guy is coming in. Just take the extra icing and glob it on the I, side. I, I, so. Well, the, the, so here's the thing. Other people, uh, it's either made by a really great baker or other people are of the same opinion about an appropriate amount of icing because the first weekend they got them in, they sold out. And the next, we- the next weekend they got some in and they said, do you want us to put one aside for you? So I said, yeah. Uh, put it, uh, take it off the shelf. Thank you very much. And I'll be in on Monday. And so I went in on the Monday and I said, uh, you've reserved a Christmas cake for me. And the guy went, oh, hang on, let me see if I can find it. And there with like a little post-it note on it, it said, for the guy who likes Never Say Never Again. I'm joking. <laughs> you brought that, you couldn't help but bring that up in the five <laughs> second conversation. Be like, do you guys have Christmas? By the way, <laughs> you, you, you see this new Bond movie? Bunch of shit, am I right? <laughs> so, um, so yes, there is an appropriate amount of icing on an actual Christmas cake, but that and some of those cakes do have some booze in them. Right. But I don't think you could have Ramstein pyro from <laughs> from the Christmas cake. But a Christmas pudding, which is somewhere between cake and pudding, right? Is the pudding part like the booze, or is it actual pudding that like is infused with booze? I don't know. What's the difference? Could you rephrase the question, please? Well, pudding is like something you eat. Yeah, you eat it. And like booze is liquid. It's something you drink. Yeah, so when you make... So it's like combined. It's not like they're just calling it pudding, but it's really just like wet like booze. No, no, no. It's pudding. Okay. But it's got... I'm just trying to understand the cake. I want to understand how I'm going to get drunk at Christmas oh, off this cake. Oh, you will be out of your mind. This is the only time I drink when <laughs> I have this Christmas pudding. Cake. No, but in all seriousness, I've got friends. Like, I choose not to drink just because I gave up and quite like not drinking. I've got friends who stop drinking because they had a drink problem, and they seriously can't have the Christmas pudding because because <laughs> it's got so, like... Every I, I, year they have to block out three months for rehab after Christmas. I have, I have got friends that if they had the Christmas pudding that I'm going to have on Christmas Day, by the 26th of, of December, they're snorting heroin. Like, I mean, it literally... <laughs> hey, what are you doing January to March? Oh, you know, Christmas pudding cake. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Christmas pudding cake rehab. There's probably... A, Betty Ford has got right. a, a, a separate <laughs> section for that. You know, like, how gyms do special deals from January the Betty Ford clinic's like oh Oh, we've got a a bunch of Christmas cake relapses and they go you know there are some people who say it's the appropriate amount of icing and the booze that Jesus would have wanted and it's fine as long as you haven't got an addiction problem prior imagine that first day in rehab you know you're in group and everyone's telling their stories like this guy's like yeah I suck dick for crack and the other person's like I murdered my family for heroin you're like I drink I ate too much cake Yeah. And one other thing I'll tell you about the Christmas pudding. So um, is that, uh, and I don't know why this became a thing, but it was also customary for people to put um, penny pieces in the, in, in the pudding. Wait, wait, wait. Like, like penny, like the coin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're putting copper that you cannot eat. Right. Into in, the cake. Right. Consider this for what an unhealthy nation we've become. Is that like the ghetto version of when fancy restaurants put like gold flakes on your food? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) But just consider this for what an unhealthy nation we've become. In years gone by, this was a customary thing that nans in the 50s and the 60s, maybe even in the 70s, right, would make these giant 
Christmas pudding cake concoctions with so much booze in them, you could have a Ramstein pyro show going. That's literally how you cook the things. They're laced with syrup that's got more sugar in it than like 25 gallons of Red Bull, right? And there might be a penny piece in there that apparently it was lucky if you found it. Probably very unlucky if you ate it and not realized. I was going to say, what's lucky about trying to pass a penny? (laughs) Right? All of that's going on. And yet it was after the 70s that we all became fat fuckers. Like, how? how, how were <laughs> well, people- they weren't eating the cake because they were afraid <laughs> they'd get the penny. They were fearful of it. I, I don't have an answer to that. But I feel like, you know, when the 80s hit and gyms became a thing and suddenly people professed to be interested in, in getting fit, that is when, as a, as, as a population, we became way, way fatter. But yet in the decades prior to that, Christmas cake was like a regular thing. Okay, this is, this is going to be a weird tangent and it's gonna probably make me come off as a a classic case of me coming off as a dumb american when they like import pennies from america just to add to this christmas cake or do they have pennies in england no they have one pence and two pence okay okay but it's like the same material and everything is our penny okay i was like why are they like we need american currency to put in this cake no 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 no. i mean out of out of a list of things that you shouldn't put in your mouth i would say that it ranks quite highly like yeah someone who's eating many coins i don't recommend it (laughs) that's not even as like a child this was like a week ago i ate a quarter so maybe had some chocolate on it i was like why waste the chocolate Maybe um, don't use the penny, but uh, douse it in as well enough booze that you can cook the thing by setting fire to it. Right, I'm, I'm all about that. Um, and um, you know, I, I don't really recommend many British things to uh, be taken on by America because generally America does do it better. But if you're on board with the uh, the cheesecake shortage and you want to you want to save the cream cheese then i think the uh, good old uh, british christmas pudding could be the way forward and that is my christmas sermon to you well i well, let me i have one quick last thing about the christmas cake all right when they're made do they is this something that like people generally make themselves or is something like exclusively that buy are there stories like every year like how we have for thanksgiving where the house goes up in flames because they throw the frozen turkey in the deep fryer are people like setting their house on fire catching this cake on fire to cook it every year um no and i and like i i feel like i wouldn't be able to not set fire to my house try to make that home me and my friends one time tried to do like an at-home hibachi kind of dinner right and we you know every hibachi service you got to do the onion volcano that's a must his house still hasn't recovered from the fire. <laughs> I do remember one year my my nan set the tablecloth on fire with there the you gra- go. but it was like the house wasn't going to burn. She was down. probably it, hammered. It was just well, that's what nans do at Christmas. They're like you know, like they, it's it's what they do. It's what they do. It's what they look forward to. Look, and I, you're just I don't like, get it. Oh god, she didn't swallow the coin, did she? <laughs> I'm just I'm just disappointed because this is going to be another year. Where once again, I'm just a lonely Jew on Christmas. And to make things worse, this year, it's on the weekend. So now I just have to work for an entire week. And then while everyone celebrates, I have to sit at home alone. You know what you can do? Like a goddamn Jew. You know what you can do? Listen to some Nil fucking Diamonds. <laughs> All right, we're done. We'll be back in, uh, what year is it next year? 2048. Okay, we'll be back then. Thanks for checking us out this year. And if you uh, want to get in touch and hear any old ones, didyouamerica.com is where you can go.